Let's pray together. Father, as we open your word today, we ask again, Spirit of God, that you would speak to each one of us. Lord, uh, be with the young people as they do their summer streams and as they learn and read your word. But as we open your word together, be with us and speak to us. You know what you want us to learn and to understand. You know what you want to say to each one of us today. So may we have hearts, ears, minds that are open to receive from you, spirits that are ready like that fertile ground to receive what you want to give us today. For we ask this in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. A few weeks ago when I was here, we were looking together. We have been for a long, long time. But we were looking at the voice of God, particularly the, the fruits of the Spirit. And we looked in the way we walk by the Spirit. And I want us to just stop on this for another week this week before we kind of close off the series um, in a couple of weeks' time. But walking by the Spirit is what we are called to do and to be. We're called to be walking in the Spirit of God. Everywhere we go, the Spirit is there to direct our pathways. And we need to understand. And the passage we looked at last week was, or last time was Romans 8. And we said to do that, we need a new mind, we need a new nature, and we need a new identity. Romans 8 is one of those passages of Scripture that is so, so deep, so, um, so full and rich that you could spend like 20 years looking at it and you still wouldn't mind the depths of what it's really talking about. We're going to spend 20 minutes looking at it today a little bit. And we have to recognize as we do that, we're just scratching the surface of this passage of Scripture. It's like Romans builds up, in a sense, to, to this chapter. Everything that goes before is, is a, a prelude, to, to, and it kind of comes all together in Romans chapter 8. And it's one of those amazing passages of Scripture. But let, let's back up a little bit further. Who here has ever heard the voice of God? Hands up if you've ever heard the voice of God speaking to you. Okay, well, it doesn't matter how. Remember, we had all those pictures up of the different ways. But who's, who's heard that? Okay, put your hands down. Hands up if you're a Christian. Okay. You're in church, remember? It is impossible, impossible to be a Christian without hearing the voice of God. Do you know that? I'll say it again. It is impossible to be a Christian without hearing the voice of God. Amen? Why? Because being a Christian is not something that you and me can choose on our own. We choose because we respond to the Holy Spirit speaking to us. You can't wake up one day and go, today I'm going to be a Christian and think that's going to do any good. It's not going to make any difference. You can come to church... We all woke up this morning and went, you know what? I'm going to come to church today. You know, I have a little bit more pressure on me to come than most of you, but we all made that decision, right? That was your decision to make. But being a Christian is something different. You can't just do that. And so if you're a Christian, you must have heard the voice of God because the only way you can become a Christian 
is by responding to the voice of God. In John's Gospel, chapter 16, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to convict the world, to, to show the world that we need God, that we need to follow God. Let me explain it to you like this. Do you remember last time I put up these two opposites? Let me do that again. Do you remember what they were? Flesh. The Bible talks a lot about the flesh. We're going to put that over here. Right? All see that? That's the flesh side. But it also talks about the spirit. That's over here. The flesh and the spirit. Now, what does the flesh mean? What is flesh? Flesh doesn't mean this stuff. Right? That's a different kind of flesh. In the Bible, what does flesh mean? It basically means me doing what I want to, want, what I want to do. I was nearly going to break into what I really, really want, what I really, really want. But, okay, we won't go there. The flesh, when the Bible talks about flesh, is about me making my decisions that I want to make. It was flesh this morning that I got up and I went, I feel, I feel like I'm hanging on to whatever summer there might be, so I'm going to wear something summery. That was, a, that was a flesh decision. That was my decision. I looked through my wardrobe, and I went, I'm going to wear this today. Could have worn a number of other outfits, but that was it, right? Same for you. Spirit, on the other hand, is what God wants us to do. So this is what I want to do in my natural self, and this is what God wants us to do. Now, the Bible says that I am on a trajectory this way, right? In life, the flesh. That this is my natural self. I go this way. I make decisions. I do what I want to do. I continually do. I make decisions based on my wisdom and my intellect and, and circumstances and everything else, and I try and figure out what the best pathway is, but this is the way I go. And the Bible says that it's impossible without the Holy Spirit to turn around because I, I don't know what this way is without the work of God. Anybody ever seen The Matrix? In The Matrix film, there is a blue pill and a red pill. And he comes to this decision and he says, you can take one pill or the other. Do you, do you remember it? Those that have seen it? He says, the blue pill will just keep you going what you know. You just take that and, and you can carry on living the way that you're living You'll only recognize what you know, and, and that's fine. You'll live in blissful ignorance, he says. But if you take the red pill, what will happen is all of a sudden you will realize that everything that you thought was just all that there is, is actually so much bigger. And there's a whole other situation, whole other world that's going on, the spiritual world, that you don't even recognize, but suddenly your eyes will be open to it, and there is no going back when that happens. You cannot undo it once you've done it. And so he had this choice as to which one am I going to take? Am I going to go with blue, 
and just carry on in the way that I'm going, or am I going to take the red and become and see everything? And he takes the red pill, and otherwise you wouldn't waste your time on three movies and six hours of your life. But it's only the Spirit of God that can get us to even recognize, in a sense, shows us where those pills are and enables us to have that choice. And when you choose, what happens is that moment that you choose, when the Spirit speaks to you because you're going this way and says, Hey, David, there's more to life than this. There is a whole spiritual realm out there that you don't experience right now, but you could experience it. But to do that, you've got to let me come in. And when you do that, that is the moment you become a Christian. Because what you do is you allow the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, to enter into your spirit, which is inside your soul, which is inside your body. And all of a sudden, it opens up a whole new world, the spiritual world. Hands up if you've ever heard the voice of God. Right? If you haven't, you can't be a Christian. Because the voice of God is the Holy Spirit that asks you to take the pill and turn. Let's see. Today what I want to do is show you what it's like. From Romans chapter 8. What happens when you take the pill, if you like, when you allow the Spirit to come in and you start going this way instead of that way. When you walk by the Spirit, what does it look like when that happens? From Romans chapter 8, what's it like? Romans 8 verses 1 and 2, he says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Heavy stuff. What does that mean? Let's unpack it a minute. He says there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit has set you free from the law of of sin and death. What he's saying here is that things change. When you start because the Spirit of God is inside of you, you start moving in a different direction. Things are different. Let me ask you another question. Hands up if you feel guilty that you're not a good enough Christian. If you think, you know what, I, I'm just not good enough. I don't come to church enough. I don't give enough. I don't do this. I don't do that. I don't read. I don't pray enough. Somebody once asked me years ago in, in my workplace when I worked in the government, they said, what are the rules of Christianity? Oh, man, that's, a, that's rules of Christianity. Apart from you have to look smart and wear cool shirts. And I, I thought for a minute, and I went, well, you know what? There aren't any. There are no rules. That would be like me asking my son Michael, who's there, or my granddaughter Bessie, what are the rules? Okay, let me ask you, Michael. He hasn't been primed on this. He's going, oh, my days. 
What are the rules for being my son? There are no rules. Bessie, what are the rules for being my granddaughter? There are no rules, are there? Why are there no rules? Because it's relational. He is my son whether he likes it or not, whether he thinks he's got a cool dad or a pathetic dad, whether Bessie thinks she's got a cool granddad or a rubbish granddad. She is, right? There are no rules because it's a relationship. You see, the Spirit, he says here, through Christ Jesus, the law of spirit, um, the law of sin and death, that's rules. The law that was given in the Old Testament, why was it given? It was given to show us that we can never do what God wants us to do. It was given for us to kind of go, you know what? There's got to be something more than this. Because I can't measure up to the standard that you're giving me while I'm going in this direction. There has to be something else. It was there to kind of go, I give up. I can't do it. And then the Spirit says, let me. And what happens when you become a believer is you turn around and you start going to the law of the Spirit, which gives life and peace. You go this way because what happens? Because there is no condemnation because you're in a relationship. You're not under the law anymore. And when you're under a relationship, he says, you know what? All that stuff, forget it. You're mine. Look what he says. Romans 8, 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are what? Children of God. We're in relationship with God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves. Slaves are people who are trying to meet the rule book and always failing and feeling guilty, never feeling good enough. I can't pray enough. I can't read enough. I can't do enough. I can't be this and I can't be that. That's slavery. But when you go this way, he says, the spirit received does not make you like that. Rather, you live so that you live in fear again, that you're never going to measure up, that somehow at the end of time God's got these scales and he's going to go, you know what, failed. You didn't quite measure up. He says, rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship or daughtership. And by him we cry, Daddy, Father, the Spirit himself, the Holy Spirit, testifies with our spirit inside of us that we are Children of God, God's children, right? So he's saying, what? There's no condemnation. When you go this way, you are set free. There is no standard that you have to measure up to. There is no rule book that says you're going to pass or you fail because when you're walking in the Spirit, all you ever hear is, you're my son and you're my daughter. And that's it. And so you're set free from all that guilt and that shame and that I'm never good enough. And all you get is, hey, this is, this is my son. This is my granddaughter. This is awesome. They're beautiful because they're mine. And we get to say, you're my dad because <laughs> we have relationship. There's no condemnation. You've been set free. There's no rule book. 
Isn't that amazing? I think it's amazing. Second thing he says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. Death is what? Separation from God, right? But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. Why? Because you're going away from God. You're going in the opposite direction to the pathway God has for you. So you've got your back to God. You're ignoring God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. If you are going this way, you cannot please God. You can't make God happy. Why? Because you're ignoring Him. You've got your back on Him. You're like Adam and Eve in the garden, hiding, going, I don't want anything to do with you, God. I don't, I don't want to go your way. I want to go this way. How You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, in your spirit, which is in your soul, which is in your body, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, what happens? They cannot, they do not belong to Christ. If you are not walking in this direction, you are not a follower of Jesus Christ. That's what Romans is saying. Right? Religion would have you believe this is why Jesus hated religion. Religion would have you believe that you can go this way with all its rules and regulations and everything else, and they Christianize it a little bit, put God in the mix somewhere or the other, but that you have to do this and do that and do the other, right? That's religion. That's why Jesus hated it. Because it kind of pretends that this is all right, this is what God wants, but really it's what? Controlled by humanity. You've been in churches where they've controlled you, sought to control you, told you what you can and can't do. You can't dance, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't go to pubs, you can't do, you know. You have to wear this, you can't wear that. That's religion. Jesus said, I've come, the Spirit said, to set you free. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Religion says, you know what, follow this. But the Word says, if you go that way, you don't belong to Christ. Jesus says it in Matthew, doesn't he? Sheep and the goats. Doing all the stuff, you're going the way of religion. He said, I don't know who you are, because there's no relationship. You've been in church your whole life. I still don't know who you are, because you've been walking in this way. Following what they're telling you to do. You've been doing it as well as you can. But there's no power in it. There's no presence in it. There's nothing that's going to... You're just going through the motions of doing stuff because you think that's what you should be doing because you've been taught that's what to do. But the Bible says, no, stuff that. Go this way. Go relational. Have a relationship with Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit and therefore to the Father. And you know the amazing thing when you go this way? This is what it says in Romans here. When you go this way, You start following God's agenda, not your own. This is the agenda of God. This is what God wants. This is what I want. 
You ever heard someone, heard it this week, God's not answering my prayers. You ever said that? You know? Sometimes we say that, don't we? God's not answering my prayers, but that whole sentence to me is walking this way. Because it's about my prayer and about God doing what I want God to do. I want God to answer my agenda. That's really what I'm saying. I've laid before God, like some Aladdin's lamp, what I want God to do, and I've rubbed the magic lamp called prayer, and God's now not answering my prayer. How dare he? That's what I'm saying, isn't it? God's not doing what I want him to do. What's the point of following? I've had people say to me, what's the point of following? God's not, not, not giving me what I need, not doing what I want. But when you, when you walk in the Spirit, he says, you're walking under his agenda, which is brilliant. You know why? Because you're not responsible for outcomes. When you walk in this way, look at it like this. When you're on a football team, Premier League, and you get, the, you get into the relegation zone and you get the drop, who gets sacked? The manager. Don't see any of the football players getting sacked, do you? They're the ones on the pitch that have underperformed the whole year. But the manager gets the chop. Why? Because the manager is the one that's given the orders that the football team are all. When you're walking towards the Spirit, who's giving you the orders? God. Now, God will never give himself the chop, right? Thankfully. But all I'm responsible for is to align myself to what he wants me to do. That's it. And not only that, I journey with everybody else that's journeying in the same direction like a football team, and we're all working together, or like any kind of team. And God has the big picture. God knows what everything he wants to accomplish. He knows who he wants to do what with and when and how. And we're all working together, not because I have to work with anybody else, but because it's just natural. Because God is organizing the whole thing, right? And I'm just doing my bit that he's asked me to do. And I get to be part of something that is eternal and is massive, the full salvation history of the whole globe. I get to be a part of that in a small way when I play my part. You see, when I'm praying, we'll come on to it, but when I'm praying and saying, God, you're not answering my prayers, I can't say that and, and be following that way. This way I'm saying, Lord, what do you want me to pray about? Lord, what do you want me to do? Like, how can I follow you? What, what is it you're asking of me? How am I going to keep following this? Not my will, but yours be done. Not this way, but this way. And I get to be part of God's agenda for the world. I get to participate in God's agenda of what he's accomplishing. And I get to meet other people that are participating in it as well. It's amazing. We went and had dinner the other night with, with a couple that are participating in God's agenda. And that there's a unity between us. You know, I went with Inika and the four of us sat down for dinner and there's a unity. Why? Because you could sense that they're participating in God's agenda and we could come alongside and participate in God's agenda as well. 
And we could share and go like, what God, what, what's God doing with you? How's he leading you? How can we help in that? How can we encourage you? How can you encourage us in where God's leading us and what we have to do? And there's a sense of unity as you walk together. It's amazing. Amen? That's what happens when you walk by the Spirit. You get to participate in something that's so much bigger, so vast. And God says, I'm going to choose you. Why? Because you're my son and you're my daughter. I know you. I can flow through you. Why? Because the Spirit's inside of your spirit, inside of your spirit, inside of your body. And I can make it happen. Another question. Have you ever been in a situation where you're really struggling and you go to another believer and they don't really know what to say to you so they quote this? You ever happened to you? It's happened to me a few times. You lay it before them and you say, ah, oh, you know, and they say, oh, don't worry about it because, you know, it says in the Bible somewhere, because they never know it's Romans 8, 28, but they'll say it somewhere in the Bible, all things work for the good of those who love the Lord Jesus Christ. Something like that. And honestly, you just want to punch them in the nose. But you refrain because you're going this way and not that way. Right? Has it ever happened to you? It happened to me a few times. I just go, oh, come on. Like, that doesn't help. I'm, I'm struggling here, and all you're kind of going is, yeah, well, everything works for good. Yeah, well, you don't say that when you're struggling. Then you're like, why, God? Help me, God. What's going on, God? And they take this verse completely out of context and what it really means. Do you remember what this is? Intercession. Huh? You're driving. Don't drive too fast. Intercession. When you intercede for someone, what do you do? Do you remember the difference between prayer and intercession? Intercession means that you climb down into a ditch with someone. You experience what they experience. And then you lift that to God. Right? That's intercession. So it means like uh, Roger's driven off the road here, right? Not literally, but you know. But in his life, he's really struggling. He feels like he's in a ditch. That he can't climb out himself. When I intercede for Roger, it means I climb into the ditch with him. I don't stand above the ditch and go, Oh, Roger. Again? No. All right, I'll pray for you. That's not intercession. Intercession is me getting into the ditch, into the mud, into the grime, into the, the bent-up car, and kind of going, experiencing what you experience, and then saying, let me lift that to God. Right? It's powerful. And the Bible says here, remember Romans 8, 28? In Romans 8, 26 and 27, it says this, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. The weakness here is when we don't know what to pray. That's a weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches the hearts, our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. What it's saying is when you're in that ditch, when you're, when you're going this way, this way is not easy, right? 
This way is not full of beauty and, and like it's not full of, of, of sunshine and fields and, and you know, tranquility uh, or beaches with someone bringing you your drinks and someone else just wafting you gently with a towel. That's not that way. Right? That's this way of the Spirit. God said it's never going to be easy. I didn't want it easy. Just read the Bible. Do you know anybody in the Bible that God used that ended up on a beach being fanned? They ended up getting their heads chopped off more often than not, going through really difficult time in prison, stuck in holes, going through terrible beatings and everything else, right? This way is hard. But he says there's going to be ditches on this way, but when you're in the ditch, the Spirit himself is going to get into the ditch with you and is going to lift the prayers on that ditch up to Jesus and then to the Father on your behalf because you won't know what to pray for. Not only that, it says this in verse 34, just after 28. It says Jesus gets into the ditch as well. Therefore, who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is doing what? Interceding for us. When we are in that ditch, when we are struggling, and you're going in the way of the Spirit, you have the Spirit of God that is interceding, that is down there with you. You have Jesus who is down there with you, and they are both lifting to the Father the prayers that you can't even speak, all in accordance with his will, all in accordance with his plans, all in accordance with what he wants to do in and through your life. Isn't that amazing? You want to know why prayers never get answered? If you're looking this way, your prayers will never be answered, except for salvation. When you're looking this way, your prayers get answered. Why? Because you're in tune with the Spirit of God. He says, the Spirit only works in the will of God. Right? Let me go back really quickly. In accordance, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with what? The will of God. So the Spirit will never say a prayer that is not in accordance with the direction that God wants to take you. Okay? He will only, only say prayer that will be a yes and an amen. Because he will only pray what the Father has already preordained to happen. You get it? So you can be praying, get me out of this ditch. And the Spirit's going, no, you need to stay there a little bit longer. I'm not well, going to pray, get you out of the ditch. Why would I pray, get you out of the ditch? Because there's stuff that you need to learn here. There's things you need to do. Maybe you're in the ditch for somebody else, not just for yourself. Maybe you're here for a whole load of other reasons. I'm going to pray whatever the Father's telling me to pray so that when I pray it, it's going to be a yes and amen for you. And you will learn and you will grow and you will do whatever God is asking you to do. So when we pray that way, we not only have no condemnation, we only, not only get to participate in God's agenda, but you know what? Everything in your life then has value and purpose. Because everything that you do where you're going through the valleys or whether you're by still waters, everything will have value because it's all going in God's direction and every prayer that you will pray will be answered. 
And it will be answered, yes. Because the Spirit and Jesus is praying with you and for you. And the will of God will become increasingly manifested in your life. That's what happens when you go that way. And prayer, what is prayer then? Prayer brings down the blessing from on high, from the spiritual and makes it real in the, in the physical. It's the opposite way. God's spirit speaks to my spirit. My spirit speaks to my soul, my character. My character speaks to my body. And then God, when he answers his prayer, he does it through Jesus, through the spirit, into my spirit, into my soul, into my body, and then out, and it becomes a reality. God just uses that same channel to flow his prayers and to give to his people things that are in accordance with his will. And that's where you start to see realities. When you pray in the flesh, Lord, give me what I want. Why aren't you answering my prayers? They're never going to be answered. You're wasting your breath. What you have to do is repent, which means you turn around. And you go, Lord, let me start praying in the Spirit. Let me start praying for your agenda, not my agenda. Let me start praying for what you want, not what I want. Let me start walking in this direction so that everything has value and purpose. And one last thing. When you're walking in that direction, you get to experience God's amazing love. Romans 8, 35 to 39, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we faith death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that incredible? When you are going this way, you experience the love of God. That becomes a reality. That you experience His arms around you. You experience His voice in your life. You experience His, his touch upon your life. You, experience, you just know and you keep on knowing and He keeps on affirming how much He loves you. How special you are. How cherished you are. How wonderful you are. He just keeps on saying it over and over again, and he reminds you, you know what? If you're going in that direction, nothing can separate you from me. Nothing. I won't allow it. Just keep looking to the Spirit. Don't turn around. Leave that behind. Keep going this way for all of your life. And then all these things will be yours. You see the difference? He says, if you're going this way, there's no condemnation. You're free. If you go this way, you get to be part of this massive agenda, this massive plan of God. And you get to be a part of that. You're not sitting on the bench. You're called up to play on the field with everybody else. 
Everything has value. Everything has a purpose. Everything that you do, whether it feels good or doesn't feel good, you know that it's all working for the good of those who love the Lord Jesus Christ. And as you're journeying, you will constantly be filled and experience the amazing love of God who's saying, you know what? I love my daughter or I love my son so much. Let me just keep reaffirming my love to you. Is it any wonder when Jesus said these words? He said, a thief has only come for one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come. I love this translation. It says, to give you everything in abundance. More than you expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. That is what he offers when you give your life to him. When you go the way of the Spirit and say, not my way, but your way be done. Let me stop praying, Lord, give me, give me, Lord, I, 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 want, I need, I need this, I want that. I, Lord, let me just, let me just go your way, Lord. What do you want? What do you want to do in me? What do you want to do through me? How do you want to use me today? How can I serve you? How can I worship you? How can I praise you? Not because I'm trying to meet, meet some kind of level or anything else, but because I just love you and I just want to do it. I just want to worship. I just want to praise you with my life. I, I, I just want to, all I can do is, is, is just follow. Take up your cross. Follow me. So what about you? You want to hear the voice of God? You have to go that way. Never hear him that way. You want life in all its fullness? You have to go this way, not that way. You want to be part of his plan? You want to know that you are going to heaven, that there is no condemnation in you, that you're a son or a daughter? You have to go this way. You want your prayers to be yes and amen and see answers to your prayers? You have to go that way and pray in accordance with the Spirit, in accordance with the will of God. You want life in all its fullness? You know what God does? He gives us a choice. He says you can choose. You know what hell and heaven are? You know the difference? Hell is just this way, without any chance to turn. And heaven is just this way, without any chance to turn back. You know that? What we have now is eternal life. And it will just continue following this way. But right now, he says, you can choose. Which way do you want to go? The choice is ours. So maybe today, if you're feeling guilty, or you feel like you don't measure up, maybe actually what you need to do is say, Lord, let me just turn around. Go your way. 
forgive me. Forgive me because there are no measuring up. Not when I become your son or your daughter. Let's just pray. Father, Father, I ask today that if there is anyone here that doesn't really know you, know you, not just know about you, but really know you. You said in John 10, my sheep hear my voice. If there are people here that have never heard your voice, have never recognized your voice, Lord, maybe they're going the wrong way and they need to turn around. Only you know and they know. But Lord, you've given us life in all its fullness. No condemnation. You've set us free. Being part of your agenda with other believers who are going in the same direction. Something way bigger than we are. And we get to be a part of it. And not only that, Lord, you, you then, we have that confidence that everything we do is going to be used by you for your glory because your spirit and your son are interceding for us every single step of the way. And we know your love just surrounding us and filling us and telling us that we are so special, so cherished so beautiful just as we are Father if there's anyone that hasn't experienced that before I ask that today right now they would just pray Father turn me around it's not about you answering my prayer it's about me aligning myself to your agenda not mine. Father, make me, mold me, fill me, use me as I journey towards the Spirit. I know sometimes I'll mess up. Sometimes I'll look over my shoulder. Sometimes I'll start drifting in the wrong direction. But Lord, I know that you forgive me and that you take me straight back. And it's not about being good enough or, or trying to reach some standard. It's, it's just that, you know, I, I fall sometimes. I thank you for grace that says it's okay. You pick me up and you dust me off and you, you put me back on the road and you get me driving again. I am worthy. I am good enough because I'm your son and I'm your daughter and that's all that matters Lord today I surrender myself again to you if I'm heading in the wrong direction turn me around I'm begging you turn me around I'm tired tired of going my own way tired of trying to figure out everything on my own trying to make sense, wondering why you're not answering my prayers. Lord, turn me around. 
that I may go your way, do your will, and be the person you created me to be. And may I know as I turn, I'm free, I'm loved. I have your spirit inside of me. Jesus interceding for me. Thank you. We praise your name. Lord, minister to us today, we pray. For we ask this in the name of Christ. Amen.